Hello, hello, my fellow sovereigns, and welcome back to another episode of the Crown Yourself podcast. Get ready to, as my mentor Brendan Burchard says, bring the joy because we are going to have a joyful business revolution with the queen of organic marketing. And if you're thinking like organic marketing, that just does not sound joyful at all, then stay tuned because I am bringing you Shannon Hernandez. She and I met through the dames. She has grown her business to nearly a million dollars in annual revenue from organic marketing alone. So it is possible. It is magical. And it helps when you have joy. And it's not just an emotion. And it's not happiness. Joy is a vibration. And it's an incredibly high vibration. And like I said, in my commitment to the next 200 episodes, I am going to be bringing you content and and people and amazing guests who are going to elevate your vibration to a whole new standard. And that includes the vibration of your business. And as we know, because of the law of vibration, if you haven't downloaded my how to get anything you want guide, the law of vibration is in there. And the law of vibration is that everything is vibration. Money is vibration. Joy is a vibration. And if you want more money and more energy flowing into your business, then eliminating those lower vibrational aspects of business of the guilt and the shame and the bleh of going through that and turning into having it be more joy, well, that is Shannon's specialty. And she brings a joyful business revolution and has experienced a level of joy that also comes from having what we talked about with my friend Jan's in in my friend Jan's podcast several months ago about the deep end of joy, about the grief. And so we're not just talking fluff and fairies and rainbows and all the magical shit. Like, that's great. And there's also the level of the experience of grief and transformation. And I found Shannon's book. Shannon actually recommended it to me at a time that I was in a space of deep grief. And her book, Practical Joy, was a workbook of a revelation for me that allowed me to remember the aspects of my soul that I had allowed myself to forget inside of my chrysalis of grief that I was struggling in. Working through that book, which I'm going to link to in the description, that I found a whole new level of joy and gratitude. And I could not be more grateful that Shannon is on this podcast and that now she is going for getting on Survivor. Yes, really. Oh, yes, really. Because that is something that brings her joy. And so we are going to dive into all the things that bring joy out joy in your business and how to also apply that to your life as well. So with that, I give you M. Shannon Hernandez. Welcome to the Crown Yourself Podcast, where together we build your empire and transform your subconscious stories about what's possible for your business, body, and life. 
I'm your host, Kimberly Spencer, founder of crownyourself.com, and I'm a master mindset coach, best-selling author, TEDx speaker, known to my clients as a game changer. Each week, you get the conscious leadership strategies you need to help you reign with courage, clarity, and confidence so that you too can make the income and impact you deserve. Imagine this podcast as your royal invitation to step into your full potential and reign in your divine purpose. Your sovereignty starts here and your reign is now. Shannon, welcome to the Crown Yourself podcast. I am so honored to have you here. It has just been so beautiful watching your journey and being connected to you through the dames and seeing you grow and your business flourish and now you've come out with practical joy that literally saved me in a very very challenging time cuz i mean gosh you you recommended that book and this is why i always say like promote your stuff like you just and it's a it makes sense you're a marketing strategist yeah. um but you just easily so easily were just like here's my book. It might help. And I was like, I'm totally buying that. Yeah. What inspired you to dive in and write Practical Joy? Hmm. It's such a beautiful question. So Practical Joy was inspired because there were many times in my own life where I was looking for, um, I will call it seeking joy. But what I learned through the process and through the things that I teach myself and my clients through the marketing work is joy is an inside job. And happiness is those things that we seek on the outside of us. And I think we've all grown up in kind of an environment that has not really tapped into how to find your joy, but we're like constantly like going for the promotion, going for the next big thing, going on vacation, like waiting till happy hour or whatever, right? Like at the end of the week. And those are all things that are happy, but they aren't like the internal lasting joy. And so I was really curious for several years of how could I find more joy in my life um, and in my business and practical joy was born from that space. Mm. I think you touched on such an interesting point around happiness versus joy, because it reminds me of a Queer Eye episode that I was watching. I love that show. And uh, in it, I think it was JVN said something to the extent of like, you're tapping into like American happy of like, just put the smile on and go about your day. And I mean, that was where I was when I shared that very vulnerable post inside the dames about like, I was feeling so challenged. I was feeling like I should be grateful. I mean, I should have a big freaking glowing smile. I just manifested my dream home, got to move with my family. And suddenly, like, I had this overwhelming amount of grief and holy fuckedness of like, oh, my gosh. Now I had I realized I had a fear of like, oh, my gosh, keeping it and like making sure that it was sustainable because that and that's definitely a belief system that stemmed from childhood. Know exactly where that one came from. <laughs> But when you're dealing with grief in the midst of like even things that are joyful, like there are things that you grieve because that was just what you knew. Mm-hmm. How do you navigate into finding joy, into cultivating joy when you're coming from that place? Yeah. Well, I always like to say um, I know extreme joy because I know extreme grief. And I think if people can keep that in perspective, that just because 
you know, I promote joyful business and I promote joy fueled marketing and I promote like practical joy and people living their joy fueled lives. I'm not a fucking unicorn <laughs> and neither are you. <laughs> and dang it. Dang it. Sorry. <laughs> Wait, are you saying I'm human? You are human. Oh, man. You're a beautiful human, but you're human. <laughs> and right we're gonna, yeah, we're going to have these moments, right? Of grief and joy and everything in between, because I think those are maybe the two extremes. Like if we drew a line, grief on one end, like, oh God, grief, right? Like here it is again, I call it sneaky grief. And then we've got the joy is like, oh, it just feels good. Like I'm in my joy today. And I think, you know, Kimberly, as I like really reflected back as I was writing this book, I think I've been searching or wanting to have more joy, not searching for it, but wanting to have more joy since a very young age. And that probably doesn't surprise anyone, right? Like I grew up in a house with four children. I was the third, <laughs> right? I was kind of like shoved in there in the middle somewhere. And my parents worked a lot. They worked very hard and they worked shift work, right? So my dad was a police officer. And anyway, it was just kind of a weird, weird thing for me because, you know, we'd get home from school and I'd be ready to play and he'd be on like, 11 to seven or whatever and be sleeping. Right. And then you come home in the summer and you'd be ready to go. And now he was back on midnights. And it was just kind of this, this thing that I was always like, I wonder what it would be like to like have, like be able to play fully and not have to worry about my dad sleeping. Like this is just one very small example. And, you know, I was raised as an extrovert and a lot of people love to tell me you must be an extrovert, but I'm not, I'm actually a really, really big introvert. And that wasn't like, yeah, that wasn't like accepted in my family. And we were pushed to go to sleepovers and got to be social and don't sit in your room and read a book all day. Like you got to like come out and be with the family and watch TV. And so there were all these things that I kept coming up against. And over the years, right, fast forward 40 some years, I did learn what brought me joy after I quit chasing happiness, but there were still, and there are still, and there will be many more, lots of moments of grief amidst the joy. And I think the reason practical joy is so important is because we're not unicorns <laughs> and we're going to keep having grief and loss and change and evolution, even if it's what we've asked for, right? Like you, you shared a beautiful story. Like you manifest this house and then you were like, oh shit, what is this? Why am I not happy? And coming back to practical joy, the joy that matters to each and every one of us, I think is one of the most courageous things that we can do in the world today. Mm, I completely agree. And I think that sometimes there's even that joy in the fun of the challenge, like the fun of the challenge of going for something that you really want. People maybe say probably won't happen. And yet you're still like, I think I'm going to go for this. And that joy I think it's got a lot, it's been convoluted with hustle culture. Mm -hmm. So for those who do really genuinely like that, that was where I had to find like, oh, I really actually love the challenge of a challenge. Mm -hmm. Like I gave natural childbirth, like 
twice because I was like, let's try it. Like, so that experience of being like, I love a good physical challenge. I love like I love going for a, a cultivated conscious challenge. And it was in that lack of the challenge that I found, oh, my gosh, I'm I'm I manifested this. And, and now I, what's my next challenge? Like, what's the next thing that I'm going to find that's going to bring me that joy of going for something bigger than most people think is possible. And yet you still happen to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So when you've, I mean, you've had several experiences of that transformation of grief. Can you tell me about a time that you just really struggled or were challenged to source your joy? Yeah. I, I would say the biggest one and, and the most recent one is my spouse has transitioned to a woman and we've been married 13 years and the first nine husband, last four wife. So it's been a big challenge uh, on so many levels. And, you know, this is really the dichotomy, I think, of grief and joy and how you can be so joyful for somebody because they're living how they want to live and they blossomed and they feel like this new person that they've always wanted to be. And I was grieving and she was grieving too. Like she had to grieve 40 years of not being that. And I had to grieve the marriage transition. And with that came family who walked away, came, you know, friendships changed, like, who am I as a person? How does this impact my identity, my sexuality? Like, we're not all the way through it yet. I'm not all the way through it yet. Maria's feeling really good <laughs> about who she is now. And I'm so happy for her. And it's like such a beautiful thing to see that you can be in total joy for something and the grief also has space there as well. And that's just been a big transition. And we're super committed to our relationship and super committed to each person living out their most joyful life and, and doing good in the world. And that's what I hold on to at the end of each day. When did you decide to make that level of commitment to your joy? Well, I had to put a lot of armor on which was hard because I'm not somebody that wears armor. <laughs> As you know, I'm pretty transparent and I'm just real, right? Like that's how I've always been. But I knew when we announced this or kind of shared this with, with my family, it was going to not go well and it didn't go well. And I knew that and I intuitively knew that. And I just knew it like that, you know, I'm the only person that kind of like swayed the, from the super conservative Christian right side of my family. So um, I had to put a lot of armor on and it was during that time why that act didn't feel joyful. I knew I had to protect what I wanted most, which was to stay in this marriage and help my spouse transition. And that was really a big knowing of coming back into my inner joy and what is it that brings me joy and it's the little things y'all it's the morning cup of coffee while you I, I drink coffee while I meditate I probably shouldn't do that but I do it's kind of like a moving meditation to just like sip and it's the repetitive motion <laughs> oh, side note for years years 40 
How old am I? 46, 45 years. I told myself, I can't meditate. I try, I can't meditate, can't meditate. I am now on day like 200 and something of guided meditation. I needed a different kind of meditation. And part of this was why I wrote this book, because you've got a lot of people saying, just sit still, just be grateful, just meditate, just be present. I was doing all those things. And I still didn't have the level of joy that I wanted. So- oh my gosh. Yes. I completely agree. I used to hear that and I would be like, and just fuck off. <laughs> For real. For real. Like that, that was when it, people were like, oh, you need to meditate. I, my running was my meditation. Yeah. That was what got me through my divorce in, in when I was 23. Yeah. Like that was, that was my meditation. That was movement. That was something propelling me forward. But after a while that didn't work. And I found in 2019, I found transcendental meditation since mm-hmm. then that's, that's my jam. Yeah. So I get being on that meditation journey and finding what it is that works for you. Is there an app or what kind of guiding guidance yeah. do you get? I use the app called Insight Timer. Mm-hmm. And I have curated playlists of over the last 200 days of my favorite people. And yeah, it's just 10 minutes, you know, in the morning, it's quiet. It's time for me. Maybe it sparks something. I have my journal in case I want to write something down. I have my little cup of coffee. And that to me is joy. And when I travel, even Kimberly, that app, my journal and that cup of coffee, it is like a ritual now, which is one of the things I talk about in the book, right? Your joy is a practice. It is like getting on that yoga mat every day or doing that meditation. Like you've got to consciously choose every day that you are going to choose your joy. And it can be a five minute thing. It can be a 20 minute thing. It can be an hour long run. You can mix those up, but that is really, I think, where a lot of people are searching for happiness things instead of like grounding into themselves being super present with what they need in the moment and honoring that without the guilt, without the shame, without I need to go do my to-do list, you know, all the things that get into our way and like creep into our joy. (laughs) Joy. Amen. (laughs) <laughs> they're joy creeps. They just like, they're just, and then they're insidious because sometimes they are very valid excuses. Like I have two beautiful, lovely excuses to divert who bring me heaps of joy. And there are some other things that I'm like, mama need, mom, I need to go do an exercise class or a dance class or something that is different that allows me to have something that is just for me. And that was really what your book taught me was oh my gosh, there are certain things that I have denied, like for the sake of business and for the sake of motherhood, which are two very, you know, they take up some time. (laughs) But being able to look at, okay, what, what what do I really want to do? Like just for me. And so I joined, I started doing a choreography class, choreography dance class, not, not every week, but a couple times a month. That's just fun and it's sexy. And then I joined um, a book club mm. where we meet at local wineries and just read a, a really good fiction murder mystery. Cause there is just, I have such a heart and a love for a really good fiction, like a twister yeah. that just surprises you with hooks. So what are those things that you have your coffee, you have your ritual, what rituals have you adopted in your business to bring you joy? Oh, 
gosh, I could teach a whole, well, my whole program is called Joy Fueled, right? Yes. <laughs> so it's such a beautiful, beautiful question. So, you know, the very first thing, whether it's business or non-business, it doesn't matter. Our joy comes from honoring our lifestyle values. And this is why I always say like your flavor of joy, Kimberly, may be very different than my flavor of joy. And the reason why is because we value different things. And even as we grow and evolve, our values change. I'm not talking about integrity and honesty. I'm talking about things like my highest value right now is health and wellness, right? So any time that I can steal 30 minutes outside and walk or run or work out with my trainer like I did this morning. That just feeds my joy. That is my highest lifestyle value. My second highest lifestyle value is spaciousness in my calendar. And so in my business, what that looks like is, you know, I work uh, three and a half days a week. I work generally from 11 to two, <laughs> 10 to two, somewhere in there. And then I'm out, I'm going to the pool, I'm going on a walk, I'm right reading fiction, right? Like fiction is such a huge part, but I have that spaciousness in my business calendar. The other thing is my joy comes in for my legion and my joy comes in for how I deliver my programs. And for many, many years, I had one-on-one, -on -one, a full 12 to 15 one-on-one -on -one marketing strategy clients, right? That, that was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot to carry, you know, marketing and business comes with everyone's stuff all around. And I've cut that back significantly, but I've gone onto the teaching of the marketing and the group of programs, because as a former teacher, I love teaching. It is where I light up. It is where people catch on fire, as I like to say, and their, their marketing catches on fire and their business catches on fire in the best way. So thinking about your joy in terms of in business, how your day is set up, is your business honoring your lifestyle values? Is your marketing joy-fueled, right? We call it joy-fueled marketing. Are you delivering your programs or your offers in a way that brings you the most maximum joy? These are like how you really get that business that you love. Can you give me some examples of joy-fueled marketing? Because for so many business owners, that is a paradox. But before you do, I know that you very nearly hit, even just working three days a week, like you are almost a million dollar business a year. And yeah. so for all of y'all listening, like the amount, how much do you delegate in your business mm -hmm. in order to create that spaciousness and then give some examples of joy field marketing? Yes. Okay. So this is two separate questions. I'm going to tackle it one and then the other. Kimberly, I have been called in the last six months, the queen of organic marketing. And I am taking it on and it's appearing in my newsletters and my social media starting today. Yes, I was so nervous to do that because I don't know, like, I was like, oh, what are people going to think if I call myself? But I'm like, I didn't call myself that. Like, People started calling me that. I'm going to take on like what they said, right? And like totally embody it. So yes, we have nearly a million dollar a year business, um, all organic marketing. It's what I specialize in. And the joy-fueled marketing piece, I'm going to talk about that piece first. 
for myself and for our clients is they are 100% in alignment with how they're naturally, not how we force you, but how you naturally deliver your content. And I created a tool years ago called the Content Personality Wheel. Um, and we've helped thousands and thousands of coaches, consultants, and service-based business owners around the globe take the quiz. It takes three minutes, figure out what is your dominant marketing content personality out of five. And then guess what? You get to put your blinders on and you get to ignore all the other advice. You get to ignore all the other platforms. You get to ignore everything. And we just dial in and get that one thing working for you. And that right there is joy in and of itself. If you do nothing more than that, that is the essence of joy fueled marketing. So that's like the marketing side. And then the team side, there was a time that I had a much larger team than I have now. And that was not joyful to me. Honestly, I kind of went down the route of paying an OBM, online business manager. And what I realized is I can manage stuff really fast and I'm efficient. I know Asana in and out. And I took that back, right? I took that back a few years ago, actually. Um, I tried to bring a copywriter into this brand. We tested, we vetted, we did all the things. I'm back to writing my own marketing copy. You are your best marketer, y'all. <laughs> uh, amen. I Yeah, we hired a copywriter last year and I just recently was like, yeah, that's not... Yep. I love writing. Like I love writing. And yeah. so I know you do too. And I I love your copy. And it's just, it literally, it just sparkles of you. Mm, yeah. And I did a lot of training with the person and she did a good job, but guess what? I just needed to simplify to me, you know, sacred simplicity has been something that I try to remember. How can I simplify this more? How can I keep it more sacred? How can I keep it, you know, more present and, and closer, not to my heart, but closer to the vision without like all the creep, right? Like I was paying an OBM, I was paying a copywriter, um, whatever. The point is now I have a lean team. We all are aligned with the joy. We all are aligned with what we're bringing to the people. And my team is a client care virtual assistant because I don't want to answer all those emails coming in. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I get it. The password and whatever. Okay, all of that. Uh, she handles that. I have a tech VA who does all the website stuff. He's amazing. He's our tech wizard. And then three years ago, I delegated sales. And that was probably the thing that has made the biggest difference in this brand is I am showing up for things like this, um, biz development, relationship building outside of sales, right? Doing lead gen, um, writing my own content. That's it. The email goes out, the people read it, they sign up, we keep it going. <laughs> this is simple and it's sacred. And Amy handles all the sales on the team. And there was a transition there a few years ago and it was hard. Kimberly, because if you've ever tried to hand yourself off to somebody, it's a gut check. <laughs> We're right? in the process and, of doing that for our agency now. And I'm like, oh, yeah, mama's, mama's got a lot to learn and a lot more processes to like extract from my brain of like how yes. I've done it successfully. Yes. So you, you really learn fast where you're lacking in processes. Absolutely. Well. And how much we hold in our heads, right? Yeah. So my salesperson, she's amazing. 
She does reach out before workshops. She does content personality chats. Like she is a true community builder and relationship builder. And I trained her in how we do sales here, which is soulful selling, selling, <laughs> right? No, like pushing, no getting people to sign up on the spot. None of that shit. Cause it ain't joyful. <laughs> it's not joyful. I don't pull that bullshit either. It's just like, yeah. And, and I think the question with that is it, that I get so often is how do you establish urgency with soul? Because mm. urgency and deadlines are a part of sales. And what does that look like for you and your business? Mm. This is a journey. This has been a journey. So I, I've been in business 12 and a half years. So I came into business when it was do the launches, do the countdown timers. I didn't do mm -hmm. countdown timers ever. Um, they didn't feel good to me. Do the launches, do the, you must sign up like in 24 hours. And I have had to unravel all of that. And you know what was interesting? I thought, this is crazy. I'm going to go backwards and not make nearly the amount of money, but look what happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? So we actually went on this beautiful journey a few years ago and it took our brand from 200 and some thousand up to like 600 in that year. That's, that's a lot of growth in a year. That was also the year I got rid of everyone. And, and so we just dialed it in, right? So super profitable on the other side of it, right? Like 40% yeah. profit margin, which is unheard of, right? And yeah. So the number one thing I had to do, and I had to do a lot of mindset work around this and a lot of like, this is my intuitive knowing and I'm tapping into it. I don't care how crazy it sounds to, to me or anyone else. Like my brain can go take a hike. I am doing what's in my heart and in my soul. And we transitioned every single program that we run from a um, launch model to what we call open everyday model. And we got rid of the scarcity and we got rid of the urgency. And we actually just believe that people will make the best choice when it's right for them. We don't have to incentive, uh, make incentives <laughs> for people. Um, we don't run discounts. We don't run specials. But I think you can do that when your marketing is working for you and there's new people coming in all the time, right? And the level of our clientele went up, the, the results went up, our stress went down. Like it was just a happy, happy place. And I'm really proud of that. And it took a lot of inner coaching <laughs> saying, mm -hmm. I'm not gonna like ruin things. You can always go back if you have to. And you can, I think that's really important to remember. You make any shifts in your business, doesn't have to be forever. And you can always go back and regroup or retrace your steps. And that, you know, that's a part of the joy field marketing is, are you willing to go into the marketing lab with me, mix some shit up, blow some shit up and see what happens. We'll get some results and then we'll come back and do it again. And that has been the journey from not needing urgency and not being in launch mode to open every day and having an audience who's coming in consistently and saying, yes, I want joy fueled marketing. I want the joy in my business like you have. Mm, I love that because, and it so resonates because just this past week, I blew up our CRM, blew it up. Seven years of funnels, seven years of funnels and things. And because I looked at what was really bringing in the income for our coaching business. And I was like, 
it's it's really one-on-one high touch yep. personal coaching and I love that. I didn't love doing like here's a course over here and here's a small course over here and I just that was a model that just didn't fill my heart with with love and I'm like I just prefer to be like up in someone's business for for a time and like really get in and dive deep and then see them transform and then they get to go up like I don't believe in codependent coaching because I'm like let's work together and then go forth and conquer and I do believe that people they have an internal sense of urgency where they know where it's like this is my time right now to lean in and to do this. And I trust that people are tapped in, at least the people that I work with, and I'm sure that you are working with as well, is that they are tapped into their intuition to a degree that they know that they're not ignoring those nudges. Yeah. You know, I love, this is, oh my God, you and I just need to like jam out sometime on soulful marketing. Absolutely. Because I got this email this weekend, you know, when you're like, you get on somebody's list and you're driving with what they say. And then like the fourth email comes and then you're like, what in the actual fuck? Like, this is what happened to me. So I'm, I don't know what I was doing, but I was looking at it on my phone and the subject line read how to keep your clients for four to six years. And I thought, What in the actual fuck? If my clients have to stay with me that long, I have not done my job. And he's literally teaching this, how to prolong it. And listen, I unsubscribed, but I have heard this before. And I know, I want to say, I I sort of think I know what happens. That people are coached not to give it all. Mm -hmm. A little, a little, a little. So you renew a little, a little, a little. So you renew. And I am so happy that you said, I don't want codependency clients. Like, that's not what I'm in this for. We're going to give you your wings, help you fly out of the nest a few times, and then you're gone. You're soaring yeah. high. <laughs> you're doing it. I mean, and I, I've found that my clients typically will come back six to nine months after they've stabilized at the level that they've got to, and then they're ready to take off and, and transform again, because yeah. when they have that next goal, that next dream, that requires a level of transformation. But it's not this consistent, like, let me just work with you just a little bit, put yeah. band-aids on these gangrenous wounds, not really go deep. And I'm, I just think that's absolute bullshit. And I think if you are doing that, you are doing a radical disservice to your clients like that. I think, and, and I think it's manipulative and codependent and I got lots of opinions about it. (laughs) I said, I wasn't going to get that spicy, but sheesh. Well, you know, I bring out the spicy in people. Yes, you do. (laughs) You do. Cause like what, I mean, I think that there is such a an industry shift that in the coaching industry that needs to happen that is toward joy that because that's ultimately what everybody is seeking when they are done running away from what they fear. Yep. Well, I want to ask you a question because I, I love this. Um, I've been wanting to teach a class for years called fuck the funnels. (laughs) A friend I know I saw his Facebook post owns the domain. So I need to, no. and like, I don't know. Can you believe it? I wonder, I was like, I wonder if fuck the funnels.com is actually like valid. And then I went there and somebody had bought it. And then 
two years later, I saw my friend Adam and he had posted, I own this domain and I don't know what to do with it. Like, I need to like meet up now. It is true that everyone, you know, we all have a funnel of some sort. I call it a pipeline. I just think the way that, you know, Kimberly is so key because you said just a little bit ago, you like ripped apart your CRM and, and got rid Seven of, your years funnels. of funnels. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> and I'm really proud of you for that. And I'm going to tell you why. When we started in business, that was the model. Throw everyone in, they sift their way down, and then they buy. People are smart these days. They're way more savvy and sophisticated. And if you think of this as a pipeline or maybe a spider web, right? If you if you think of it, people are coming in in all different areas. They're smarter, they're savvier, they're more educated. They know a funnel from a fucking funnel. So can we just like not do that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or do re-envision it. This is why my business is called Joyful Business Revolution. Let's revolutionize that shit and make it something that works and feels good for everyone. Oh, I love that. And fuckthefunnels.com. Oh, so juicy. So good. Like, I, I just think of domains like that like, as like delicious internet real estate. After I was bought out of my e-commerce company, I, I felt like very spicy and like a badass. And so, and so I got how to swing your business dick.com. I cannot tell you how many calls from India I got to buy that domain. Do you still have it? I finally sold it. How to swing your business dick.com. <laughs> that e-commerce word world is bro heavy. It was very, it was very bro heavy. It was, uh, I mean, you know, just being partnered with a man and then having a whole bunch of male lawyers tell me how incompetent and young and uneducated I was yeah. in order to get my price down. Like that was a, a fun three months. Yeah. We call that not joy. Not joy. Yeah. That was not joyful. Fortunately, though, I think after like to, to circle back to the point on grief, it's like once that died, that was when I built my coaching business. Yeah. But I had to have the freedom from that. Yeah. to really build a values-based business. Mm -hmm. So when you are cultivating joy and bringing out the in individuation, like obviously it's coming from who they are at their soul. Yeah. But what are some examples? Because I know my audience loves details and possibilities because sometimes we don't even think of like, I didn't even know that was an option. Yeah. And sometimes just hearing what other people are doing can give permission to the possibility, not saying that that's something you need to adopt, but to spark the ideas of creation of what yeah. could possibly bring joy to your marketing. Absolutely. So, oh my God, we've got thousands of ideas, right? So I'm like, let me pull one out. Um, I'll talk about Annette for a minute. Um, and I have many others, but she came to us after, so she's functional uh, nurse, functional mm -hmm. doctor in medicine. And she came to us um, after um, going through another program where they convinced her the only way to market was with ads and it was fine. But here's when she came to us at this pivotal moment, I had given a, how to fall in love with your marketing again in another group. And she was on that, that zoom webinar and she reached out and she said, I, I can't do this anymore. I either got to figure out a different way to market or that aligns with my joy and who I am and my expertise, or I like just, I'm going to close this down. And so we met with her and we, 
First of all, everyone, relationships, belly to belly relationships. Get someone on Zoom, look in their eyeballs and build a damn relationship, belly to belly. Ask the questions, listen, do your job as a human. All right. So she says, I am getting leads but they're not qualified leads. And there's hundreds and hundreds, like six and seven and eight, 900 people signing up for my webinars and two are coming. And I was so sad for her, Kimberly, because this was like her first experience of of what it was gonna be like. And she was spending a lot of money on that, right? But more than the money, she was deflated. (laughs) Her confidence was deflated and it was gone. And so we really talked with her. She took the content personality quiz, She is not live in person or video, which is great for for doing Zoom trainings and webinars. She has written content personality, right? So we, she got out of that program. She came over, she signed on with us. We started teaching her how to write this content that you referenced that you love, like very value forward. Don't hold back. Give it your all. The more you share with people, the more they're going to be like, that chick knows her shit. I'm reaching out to like figure out how I can work with this person. And we taught her how to write these, these types of organic content, send it to her newsletter, post it. Her platform of choice is Facebook. She had a turnaround within six months in her business and she had new clients coming in. Her joy was back. She wasn't trying to like teach and deliver and do all these things. And she didn't have ads running. She got to show up exactly as how she was. And now she's writing for magazines and people are reaching out to her and saying, Hey, I want to teach with you. Or will you come into my community? And she's doing like strategic partnerships like that. So that's just one example of what's possible when you do say what I'm doing is not working or is not working and is not bringing me joy. And I'm going to choose something else, even if it feels scary. Mm. Amen. Amen. And I think that that's the huge piece is that joy requires courage. Absolutely. It really does. When have you had to be really, really, really brave in your business in order to get to the other side of joy? <laughs> well, this is real relevant. Chat GPT has kind of, you know, put a real dent in things over here. And yes, it's a tool. It should be being treated as a tool Mm -hmm. because here's what I know. If you don't know what your damn message is to start with, it ain't going to fucking help you. And if you don't have a strategy behind your messaging and your marketing, now you're just going to have content that isn't even tied to like your bigger goals and what you're doing. And I am just Kimberly, honestly, waiting for all of this shit to die down and for people to come back to their fucking senses. Because we have amazing sales calls and, you know, we don't do the urgency. We don't do the sign on the spot when we have the follow-up. Oh, I just decided I actually don't need the help with the messaging. I'm going to use chat GPT. And it's been hard. It's been a hard six months and that it's taken a lot of courage. One, like first I was grieving. Then I just got really pissed off. (laughs) I went through all the cycles, right? That took about four months of my life at the beginning of this year. And then just this month at the beginning of May, I was like, you know what? All these fuckers selling this as the solution, they've already come out, how to write your book with it, how to do this with it, how to like do your course with it. And I'm like, all these people are looking 
because they're about at the point now where they still don't know how to market it. They're still not going to know how to do a sales. They're still not going to know how to get people to the thing and get them converted. Like there's a lot of gaps in there. So I sat down this weekend on a holiday weekend and I spent probably 10 hours writing some of the most epic fucking content I have ever written in my life. And as soon as I get off of here today, I'm posting one of them on Facebook. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to read it. Yeah. And it's going out to my newsletter and I am here to help people get results in their business. Whether you want to use chat GPT or not, that is not the thing. But if you think one tool is going to be dropped into your lap and it's going to change everything and solve all your problems, you and I need to talk fast. Mm -hmm. So you're going to waste a lot of time and money and energy. Amen. It's just like my husband with a knife versus me with a knife. Same tool. He wields that, makes the most delicious meals. I am like slowly kind of maybe cutting up a carrot. Maybe I genuinely regularly delegate that because I know what my genius zone is. It ain't in the kitchen. But the tool, because he has a strategy, he is trained in how the ingredients go together. I know how to make a salad with a knife, but that's it. Like, that's all I got. I got one one food strategy. <laughs> like, but so I think if the same is true with ChatGPT, like I was just on a eight hour workshop with my mastermind of all the different ways to, to leverage and use ChatGPT to create code and copy and content. And I have used it a lot in my book, um, not to write my book, but to organize my freaking ADHD yeah. thoughts into a streamlined process. And I was like, oh, that's great, because now I can pull this chapter that I had there and pop that there. So it gave me a better formula, yeah. but it's not, it's it's a leverageable tool. It's not it's not the strategy, nor is it really truly what messaging is, unless you are really, really, really dialed in on what your messaging is. Like we use ChatGPT a lot more for our podcasting agency simply because it's very, very, we know that message. It's how to profit from guest podcasting. It's very, it's a very streamlined. Here's the ways, reframe this, say this in a different way and play with something like that. The the basis of it is because you have the strategy. You have to have that marketing strategy or else you're just, and so, sometimes with ChatGPT, it's also a lot of generic content. Yeah. It's yeah. like, how do you know, here, let me give you the five steps that you could find on any YouTube, yes. on anything. So it makes marketing super generic and thus it's no longer aligned with values. Yeah. I love this conversation because, you know, the content that I love to create at the end of the day, and I can get lazy in my own content, right? We all can. Let's yeah. do it. It is these 12 to 1500 in-depth Facebook and LinkedIn posts or articles, however I can get it posted, that tackle one problem and I'm able to say, actually, you think this is your problem. This is a symptom of your problem. Mm -hmm. Let's go deeper. What could the problems be? And I outline it for people and it's, it's thorough and you get an education, whether you purchase from me ever or not. And 
if there was anything the last four months have taught me, because it hasn't been that joyful on the business side with all the distraction of chat GPT, it is that one, I'm the queen of fucking organic marketing and I'm owning that shit. I am owning it. You don't like it. Don't come to me then. <laughs> it's fine. Right. Number two, the depth at which an expert can lead you through a piece of content will never parallel to what chat GPT is going to spit out at you. Honestly. So you want to have better organic marketing and better conversion, learn how to write better content <laughs> and go deep with people. Right. And the third thing has been just reaching out to colleagues, like doing things like this and getting back in the flow and, and, and not being isolated, right. In my mm -hmm. business. And those are like the joyful lessons that I'm carrying with me. And I decided that my new year is starting June 1st. You and I decided that together. Like I was like, yeah, that's, that's definitely happening as well. Cause the first six months were super challenging yes. and I'm like, I'm so grateful. I'm so excited for June. Like today's the last day we're recording this last day of May. Like oh, it's, it's just June is just and July. And I'm, I'm so excited. June 1st. Happy New Year to us. Happy New Year, Kimberly. Happy New Year, Shannon. I think the the most beautiful piece is like something because I get really, really, really nerdy about language. And you said something that was just so powerful. Like if you want to get better at organic marketing, you need somebody who knows how to wield that strategy. And and the key word is organic, <laughs> organic. Like that means we are organic beings we, as humans. That ain't a robot. Yeah. Like if you want to attract people, it ain't really happening with robot words. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I feel some good content coming on. Mm-hmm. Mm, it's just going to pour in through because that is what organic does. That's nature that flows through us and through every single human. Ugh. Yeah. The other thing someone told me these last four months, and, you know, I do take people's feedback. I really do. And I, I listen and I mull it over. I'm kind of one of these deep thinker people. But at the end of the day, I know if it's true for me or not when it settles in. Right. Someone said, quit using the word organic. Nobody knows what it means. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Anyone who is at the level of people that I'm talking to knows the difference between organic marketing and paid marketing. Like, no, no, it means like organic produce, he said. And I'm like, mm, no, I'm not, not taking your advice. <laughs> right? Not in, uh, yeah, not in marketing. Like, <laughs> that's where we, where we learn. And I think that it just goes to say like, looking at whether it's your joy or your business or your life, like it really comes down to cultivating it and creating it for you and how you want to rule. And that was, I mean, that was the whole foundation of, of my business was I was like, I want to tap you into your own sovereignty. I don't want to rule over you. When I say like, yes, queen, like I'm like queen to queen meeting right here. And I'm not like to project your own strategy onto somebody else. It's like, how arrogant and judgmental like is that when rather like extracting what somebody's success strategy, what their marketing strategy is from the place of like their highest and best, most sovereign, amazing self through their own authenticity, 
that that's the juice right there. And that's what I've seen consistently make people multiple six, seven, eight figures is when they figure out that sweet sauce that is just what they are compared to what everyone else said they should be or should do. Yeah, absolutely. And this is why we like to talk. Another part of the joy fueled is we talk about a framework, our four step joy fueled organic marketing framework. And I think it's really important because if you're working with people who want you to be empowered and in your best power, they're not going to sell you a formula, a plan, a scripted thing. The correct word is a framework, (laughs) a framework that you can tweak and make your own. And it's going to feel good to you. And you're going to feel good rolling your message out again. If you rebrand or, you know, we all have to dig back in at different times and evolve. And I think That's one thing I really want people and the listeners to think about is work with people who aren't going to say you have to do it this way or this way is the only way. And there's still a lot of these people out there and they're taking a lot of money every day. And the sad part is I get the backlash of that because they, most of our people, (laughs) this is where I wish I had a magic wand. They go and do all the flashy stuff that makes all the big promises first. They don't fucking get half or even a third of what they said they would be getting with the formula, with the signature, whatever it's called, right? Like you're going to just do it this way and be a little robot. And then they come to us and they're like, well, that didn't work. And I need joy and I need money and I need to get my confidence back. And, 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 and my goal is like, what is it going to take for me to shift this paradigm where they're not wasting all this time and energy and losing their confidence first? I want to see them first (laughs) in my space. Get them moving, get them on, get them rocking and rolling and send them off. Yeah. So you don't have to, the heart doesn't have to hit so hard. It doesn't have to hurt so bad. Yeah. And I feel you because that's where I was in 2017. Like 2017, grasping at straws, new mom, like actually not yet new mom, like eight months pregnant, grasping on shiny object syndrome because I just started to make money in my business. And I was like, I need to grow this. I have a baby to support. And the marketing that I saw that was being used was very much like, make this much in, you know, six months and look at how I did this in six months. And then if you don't come to my retreat, then you're not, you're going to miss out on the, on all the vibes of all like, and the, that scarcity coming into play that plays into people's fears and limitations. And I think that if you believe in a joyful, uh, abundant universe, which I truly do, and I know you do too, like, how do we cultivate and turn around the entire paradigm shift of marketing? And I know this is a really like, you know, juicy question, (laughs) but the entire industry of marketing, of business from a scarcity to an abundant, because I think that's what's made chat GPT so attractive is because you can just have an abundance of content and you can just have this perception of abundance, but it's really an illusion because it's not depth. Yeah. So how do we turn that Titanic around? Well, this is the question I wake up with every morning. (laughs) And in my little piece of the world, because I learned as a teacher 
in Harlem of eighth graders many, many years ago. I can't change the world, but I can change my little piece of the world, right? My little piece, people that come in contact with me. We actually have a commitment on our website. And I'm going to read that in just a minute, word for word, because I was very intentional on these commitments that I wrote with our our rebrand that happened about a year and a half ago. And, you know, it's knowing your why. First of all, we have to wake up every single day and we have to know whether we have shitty months or good months in revenue, why we do what we do. And that's super important. And part of the work we do with people is what are your commitments, right? What are your damn commitments? And this comes from your why. And so we have a a saying, a commitment on our website that says, we are committed to changing the industry for good. Uh, We are committed to eliminating fear-based messaging, manipulative marketing, and high-pressure selling, replacing these harmful tactics with kind messaging, education-based marketing, and soulful selling. And I'm going to run a values campaign. It's one of the cool things that that we really work on with people, right? Is what are our values? What are our commitments? And what are we doing every day? And why do we believe so much in this? And this is why I'm going to go back to those longer form 12 to 1500 uh, word posts, because that is kind messaging, the depth of knowledge. Each post is education training in and of itself. It's visibly showing what can be possible when you decide to dive deep in messaging and show people your expertise. Like people want to hire experts, right? At the end of the day, we go to a doctor who's going to be able to solve the problem that we're experiencing. And the doctor is not promising shit that he can't promise, he or she can't promise. Absolutely not, right? So this is like how I'm working so hard every day to change my little piece of the world is modeling it and showing what's possible when you don't use fear, scarcity, illusion, and all those other things that people are roped into because they want a fast, quick solution. And listen, y'all, sustainable business is not fast and quick. Yeah. And it's it's really being in it for the long haul. Yep. Uh, like, I mean, you've been in it for 12 years, you said, and I've had my business for seven years. And now we have the agency that's that's my new baby but like there's a level and i've been an entrepreneur since i was 19 years old like there is there's a level of commitment and understanding to this journey and sometimes like it it takes that those moments of joy to be able to understand like where are you finding that how are you sourcing that are you getting enough of that (laughs) and and then how do you get more So Shannon, I have loved our conversation. I'd love to dive into a little bit of rapid fire if you are open. Okay, I'm going to try. Okay, who is your favorite female character in a book or a movie and why? Well, you know, I don't watch movies. We established that. I do read books, um, but I'm actually going to talk maybe about more of an archetype. Mm -hmm. We binge watch Survivor every night. Two episodes. It's like my happy place. And I love all those women who show up and they give their best and they hardly ever win and they know it. And they start talking about it later in Survivor. And they're like, why are more women not winning in Survivor? And they're good too, right? But they get overshadowed. But <laughs> so that's my answer to that question. Ah, nice. 
I haven't seen Survivor since like the first season. That out. Amazing to watch its evolution. Oh, so. wow. What woman would you want to trade places with? Like be in her body, feel what she felt, see what she saw, experienced it dead or alive. Obviously, like when she was alive, um, what woman would that be in throughout history and time? Michelle Obama. Number one answer. <laughs> Number one right? answer here. Yep. Yeah. It was Oprah for most people, but yeah, Michelle Obama has taken the cake. Yeah. Beautiful. What is your morning routine? You mentioned the morning ritual of coffee and your meditation. Is there anything else to that morning routine that sets you up for a beautiful, joyful day? Coffee, meditation, journaling, workout, and a plated hot breakfast at the table before I start my day. Beautiful. What is your evening routine beyond Survivor to set you up for success in the morning? Yeah, all devices are off by 7.30. My phone, mainly, my computer's off when I leave my office. So phone off by 7.30 at night, TV off by 7.30 at night. I have a cup of hot tea. I read some fiction. I do some stretching. I'm in bed by 8.30, asleep by nine. Oh my gosh. I wish I was in bed by 8.30. But I also wake up super early. How how early do you wake up? Um, I usually am up between 5.30 and 6. Nice. I get a lot of sleep. 9 to 5 yeah. is sleep, right? That's a significant amount of sleep. I've I've made a commitment over this past year with an infant growing into a toddler to to get more sleep. I'm now up to six and a half. <laughs> so yeah, we're, we're getting there. It's, it's almost a seven. What is your favorite piece of advice that you ever received? Don't have a plan B. Nice. You have a plan B and a plan A. (laughs) You'll always be thinking about plan B and you'll never go all in on plan A. That was my first business coach. Good advice. Very solid. And what do you define to be your kingdom? A world of people where every day we wake up and we say, what would bring me joy today? in service of being able to show up and spread more joy through our interactions each and every day. I like that kingdom. I want to visit. (laughs) And lastly, how do you crown yourself? I would say my crown is choosing joy every single day. That's my crown. Because you can't go wrong when you put your joy first. Put your joy crown on. Put your joy crown on. Dot com. (laughs) Oh, Lord, I need no more. (laughs) (laughs) Shannon, how do we work with you? How do we find you? How do we connect so that we can bring more joy to this business and to this world? Yeah. Uh, If you want to check out the book, it's practicaljoybook.com. Super fun. There's a scat joy scavenger hunt waiting for you over there. Um, and then I'm at joyfulbusinessrevolution.com. We talk all things organic marketing and a joy-fueled business and life. And that's a good place to start. It's a good place to start. Shannon, it has been a pleasure having you on the show. Such a long time coming. I'm so glad we got to have you on. As always, my fellow sovereigns, own your throne, mind your business because your reign is now. 
Thank you so much for tuning in today. If what you heard resonated with you, be sure to subscribe and start creating a bigger impact now by sharing this with a friend. Just by doing that one simple act of kindness, you are creating a royal ripple to support more people in their sovereignty. And if you're not already following on social media, connect with me everywhere at crownyourself.now for more inspiration. I am so excited to connect with you in the next episode. And in the meantime, go out there and create a body, business, and life that rules. Because today, you crown yourself.